0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome to the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast.
2: I each stop singer! Toss on off The first in time to get seven. Three-run homer Robinson Canoa. Specialist Fernando Abad, and the Mariners lead it five to four. Goodbye, baseball. Straight away, center field. Can Owen Cruz go back to back?
3: And the King, when the Mariners needed him the most, two hits over seven scoreless innings.
1: Now here's your host, Gary Hill. Well, welcome back. Time once again for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Gary Hill here. Hope you'll have a good weekend as the Mariners get set to take on the Cleveland Indians. This will not be an easy series after the Mariners, falling last night to the Texas Rangers, swept aside 4-2 to, to the Rangers. James Paxton was on the hill for the M's, encouraging signs, picked up some velocity as his start went on. He ended up going 3-2, and two-thirds, 4 hits, 2 runs earned, 2 walks, and 4 strikeouts. Ready? Here comes the pitch. Strike three called. Gallo
3: dropped his bat thinking he took ball. Instead, he watches 98 miles an hour sear him off at the kneecaps. Lower outside corner, no less. Paxton warming up. He is in a groove now. He has retired the side in order. Punched out three over three frames.
4: Um, You know, moving the fastball around better, Uh, breaking stuff was sharper. You know, not uh, as sharp as I can be, but it was definitely a step in the right direction. You know, just tonight, unfortunately, it wasn't enough
5: few hits in the first inning. How'd you settle down after that?
4: Um, You know, they just, they got some hits in the first inning. It was just uh, a ground ball and then a bat off the ball at the end and then uh, balls hit a little harder. Um, Made some adjustments there just kind of with the fastball and using the two-seamer a little bit and then also just got the breaking balls in better spots.
5: What was your first indicator that all the the extra work on the side was paying off tonight
4: it just felt like when i needed to go get something i could go get it as far as velocity wise uh the velocity was better and i was executing pitches in better locations as a whole it took a little while to build that velocity did you, did you get into adjustment or, or did just just warming up just kind of finding that rhythm you know um it was a little, was a little slow to get tonight unfortunately they got us in the, in the first inning there um once I kind of got going, I started to feel my delivery a little bit better and uh, made some adjustments.
5: What does this mean for your next time out?
4: You know, I think it's a lot like last time when I came back from injury, just something that's going to get a little bit better each time out. Um, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but, uh, you know, I look to keep on working um, between uh, games here before I pitch in Oakland and uh, keep on making steps forward.
5: Why, is, why are these games important, not just for the standings and not just the team, but for you personally to have before you close out the year?
4: just to kind of get back to full strength before the end of the year and uh, know that it's all still there and clicking and uh, just to feel good going into the offseason. You know, hopefully we can get on a run here and make something happen, but, uh, you know, we realize what we need to do.
1: And really kind of settled in after giving up a couple of early runs, but and the Mariners could get nothing going against Cole Hamels, who was outstanding. Hamels ends up going eight, three-hit ball, one run, two walks, and eight strikeouts as Texas wins the game, they sweep the series. It does not get any easier as the M's take on Cleveland. The great news from last night, though, Robinson Cano going yard his 300th career home run, that puts him in just elite company. When you look at home runs from second baseman in Major League Baseball, he is the third to reach that 300 plateau. He's ahead of some huge names, obviously, with Craig Biggio and Ryan Sandberg and Joe Morgan, Hall of Famers. And his next home run, 301, will tie him with Rogers Hornsby, who's second on the all-time list. Jeff Kent is the first in terms of second baseman, but he's an elite company and paving a way to the Hall of Fame. But number 300 last night, for Robinson Cano.
2: The stretch and the pitch on the way to Robbie swinging a fly ball into straightaway center field and deep going back home is to the track to the wall goodbye baseball there's number 300 for Robinson Cano his 300th career home run ties him at 144 on the home run list along with Chuck Klein and Ryan Braun Robbie Cano gets it tonight here on a Thursday night September the 21st of 2017 Robinson Cano a hug from Kyle Seager high fives out by the Mariners dugout there's Felix Hernandez to greet him home run number 300 in the big leagues for Robinson Cano standing ovation by the fourteen thousand plus tonight here at Safeco Field his twenty second home run of the season is his three hundredth career home run congratulations to the future Hall of Famer Robinson Cano.
1: And we've talked about his doubles where he is on the all-time list and now joins an exclusive club, the 300 home run club. Pretty impressive. Unfortunately, comes in a loss as the Mariners fall to the Rangers. Here's what the skipper had to say, Scott Service. Not
6: many, not many silver linings in this one uh, tonight. Um, you know, Cole Hamels is very good. You know, give him credit. Uh, probably the best changeup I've seen him have in a long time. Uh, and, you know, he kept going to it, and, and we had a hard time recognizing it and putting it in together. Obviously, Sugar got a couple of good swings at him and then Cruz hit the a ball hard. But, uh, you know, a uh, tough night. It's been a tough uh, six games. You know, we're in a six-game losing streak. Uh, we haven't done a, a whole lot of positive stuff. Offensively, we've struggled for the most part. We scored some runs uh, later in the game yesterday. And, you know, in this series, we got outpitched as well. So, uh, uh, disappointing. Uh, you know, we've uh, we got to keep playing hard. Uh, I know our guys will do that, um, you know. But you know, we're not mathematically eliminated yet. I, I know it doesn't look uh, great right now. Biggest thing we got we to play a good ball game. We got to out and win a ball game, and you know, it hasn't happened in the last week. Um, our guys are frustrated. We all are. Uh, I think we played our tails off to kind of be in important games in September. Uh, we got there, and, and we have not responded. We've not played that well. Yes, uh, I think you know. Obviously, they got the bases loaded on him in the first inning. And he tried to dial it up a little bit and, and jump on a few fastballs, and he did. Uh, I think after he did that, he kind of relaxed a little bit and said, hey, you know, I'm okay, and then he let them all go. And it, was, it was great to see that he got in a nice rhythm. Um, I thought his timing and his delivery got better. He was locating a little bit better. And you certainly saw the life on the fastball come back. So that is a positive sign, you know, out of tonight's game. He had been out a month. You know, he struggled his first time out. Much, much better tonight. Uh, you know, he had the higher pitch count. We didn't get, you know, as much out of him as we would have liked to. Uh, but much better effort tonight. And I know he felt better about how his arm felt and, and how the ball was coming out. Kind okay, of anticlimactic, but 300 home runs for a second baseman. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's a phenomenal uh, accomplishment. You know, Nelson uh, did it earlier in the year, with his 300th, and, and now Cano. And, um, you know, he's a special, special talent. And, um, you know, it's been a grind for him, you know, in the second half. I know he's a little disappointed. Um, he hasn't had, you know, the typical second halves that he, he's used to having, um, certainly with the power numbers. But, uh, you know, he smoked the ball tonight. Hopefully that will kind of jumpstart him and, you know, finish uh, on a high note because he's certainly a big, big part of our offense.
5: To right
6: field, that's remarkable. It makes that. it look easy. It's really hard for a right hand hitter to hit the ball that far uh, to right field. And, you know, that's how they've been pitching him. They've been staying away from him, haven't given him a whole lot of pitches middle in uh, to hit. Um, he's made some adjustments. That's what Nelson Cruz does. He's very, very smart in his approach and what he's doing. And he's uh, very talented to be able to hit the ball like that the other way. So, again, a couple nights in a row, big home runs from him in the opposite field. Uh, really good signs there. But, you know, it's going to take a you know everybody. Uh, it's not just one or two guys that get you going on this thing everybody's got to chip in It was you know Hamels. we just we didn't get the pitch count up tonight we didn't grind you know there's a lot of first second pitch outs in the ball game and you look up there and you're in the sixth inning he's got 60 pitches that's not good that's not really who we are um, and, and have taken you know a lot of pride in that and we didn't do a good job of that tonight At first inning, there uh, gomez smoked that ball pretty good but they had a tough play for Kyle yeah I'm sure it's a play you know Kyle Feels that he should make, you know, it's it's a hard one hopper, you know, right at him, uh, big play in the game. You know, obviously, get off the field there, and with a zero up in the first inning. Uh, but you know, it wasn't the, the whole story of the game. But early in the game, you know, you got to make the plays. It was hit hard. I'm sure Siegs would be the first to tell you it's a play he probably should have made.
1: So now the Mariners get to play the Cleveland Indians. All they've done is win 27 of their past 28 ball games, just the third team in Major League history to do that. And one of them was the 1884 Providence Grays. The other was the 1916 New York Giants. So it has been a long, long time. And as you can imagine, Cleveland doing everything well. Their pitching has been lights out. the rotation has been ridiculous. Their bullpen has been tremendous, even without Andrew Miller for most of this run. Their bullpen is just sick up and down. Uh, they hit home runs, they run the bases, they play defense, they do it all. They're playing the best baseball in the majors like na- right now, just no question about it. And the Mariners have to deal with a resurgent Trevor Bauer tonight. Erasmo Ramirez against Trevor Bauer, first pitch 7-10 tonight. Bauer 16-9, a 4-4-1 ERA, but he's been dynamite as of late, closing in on 200 strikeouts, which would mean they've had three 200-plus strikeout pitchers in the rotation. That's only been done a handful of times in baseball history. The last team to do that wasn't that long ago. Detroit in 2013, Anibal Sanchez, Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. Before that, it had been a long time since the 60s. So Cleveland is breaking down all kinds of history as of late. Saturday, day baseball from Safeco Field, 110 first pitch. Carlos Carrasco, who's been ridiculous this year, 16-6 with a 3-4 ADRA. His breaking stuff has been stuff of legend. His changeup, his curveball, he's been awesome. Andrew Moore will take the ball for the Mariners in Game 2. And then Moore Day Baseball, Game 3. Sunday, again, 110 first pitch for Game 3 of the series. Mariners will send Mike Leak to the hill against Corey Kluber, who is really in the driver's seat now for the Cy Young Award in the American League. If you can believe it, Chris Sale over 300 strikeouts. But Kluber has been unbelievable for a long stretch now. 17-4 and four with a 2-3-5 ERA. Last three home games of the season. Fan appreciation night as well along the way. So hope to see you at Safeco Field. It's hard to believe the last three regular season games of the season. And speaking of that, I'm going to play my tribute to Kevin Kremen, who will be producing and engineering his final three at home. He's retiring at the end of the season after 35 years producing and engineering Seattle Mariners broadcast. So I'm going to play my tribute to him. We'll also hear from Kevin Kremen. Shannon Dreyer sat down with Kev, so you hear that as well. The man behind the scenes, tip of the cap to so many great years. The man who made it all possible. Kevin Kremen. In the history of Seattle Mariners Radio, there is one name you have heard more than any other. More than Griffey. More than Edgar. More than Felix. Producer engineer Kevin Kremen. And
7: producer engineer Kevin Kremen. Producer engineer Kevin Kremen. Kevin Kremen. Producer, Krem, producer,
1: engineer, producer he- engineer Kevin Kremen. Dave Niehaus
7: with Ron Farley. Kevin Kremen.
1: Yes, the name you've heard so many times. Producer engineer Kevin Kremen. And after 35 years of producing and engineering Seattle Mariners radio, Kevin Kremen retiring at the end of this season. The man working behind the scenes who made the goodbye baseball. Goodbye
2: baseball, he did it. The swung
1: on and belted. Come on, and belted. The my-o-mys, my-o-mys. 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 And all the great Mariner moments on radio possible. Felix
2: as pups his arms in the air. Felix has just thrown the first perfect game in Seattle Mariners history.
1: Kevin Kremen spent most of his time behind the scenes molding the sound of the Mariners broadcast into the best in baseball. Although, there were times he did step to the forefront. How about his award-winning Mariner's radio commercials?
8: Mariner's producer-engineer Kevin Kremen here reminding you that petting, poking, or prodding another person's beard hat because you don't have one is widely frowned upon. It's Felixy, It's bobbling. You might not be able to tell from my voice, but yep, there's a fire there. I'm darn near an inferno. Come join the September fan-stravaganza. I made that word up, but you can feel free to use it. Booyah.
1: Or the world-famous Road eats. Uh,
8: Overall, I, I have to say I'm a, I'm a Kansas City barbecue guy, but they may be the... The only meatball I've ever had better than the ones that Rick Riz makes. Pull it right out of the smoker, drop it down there, get the knife out and start hacking away at it, and it is a sight to behold, and it is wonderful. They were just delicious, and I can't wait to have them again. And, and the funny thing is, you're, you're, we're driving up there, stop for gas, go in this little little gas station, they have a lobster tank.
3: I think the only thing that can best Kevin's love for baseball is obviously his love for food, and particularly very good food. It's hard to think of all the different cities and states that Kevin and I have shared meat together, especially beef. Uh, and I know Kevin's order is the rare side of medium rare. And it's a very – that is a big league way to order your meat, let me tell you. That is not – you're not in the Texas league if you're ordering rare side of medium rare. Uh, i Some of my greatest memories already with the Mariners off the field have come with Kevin and the whole broadcast entourage at a dinner table – a night off in some city, and sometimes during the offseason in one of our homes. Uh, Kevin is a big league eater. He has big league taste, and I find that uh, very attractive in somebody, especially somebody that I work with.
1: For all the tremendous work that he did, it pales in comparison
0: to the lives he touched. I think the first thing that comes to mind is that he's an Okie, that he's from Oklahoma. very proud of that fact at one point in my life I lived in Lawton Oklahoma so Kevin has kind of adopted me along those lines as being a fellow Oklahoman even though really I'm from this area to me I I think with Kevin more than anything I I think of a lot of different things but he's such a talented guy and he's been around for such a long time and I've learned a lot from him Uh, he's the reason why I got my start I know he threw my name in the hat Back in the day when I was finishing up my playing career, which I had no idea that I would ever be sitting here with you today, Um, that was all Kevin's idea. And along the way, he's taught me an awful lot and made my job a lot easier. And, And the thing I like about it, too, is there's so much information he has but he literally took his spoon out, and it was a spoon feed along the way. One or two things every year for me to get a little bit better at what I do. So, And outside of that, he's just an awesome guy, you know, just across the board. Got a great mind. He certainly knows the history of this game. It's just been a lot of fun to talk to him. And this time of the year, of course, you, you get enough of the Sooners out of him. But <laughs> it's always fun to watch him painstakingly watch every football game this time of year with, with the Sooners. But, um, yeah, Kevin has been terrific for a lot of different people. And look, he's been here as long as anybody. Kevin has –
3: morphed from producer engineer in my eyes to somebody who i really consider family uh, he's somebody i really consider a father figure to me and someone that i know will be a part of my life uh, long after his time with the mariners has come to a close he's a man that i love very very much and I, I would do anything for kevin and he it's really hard
7: to put into words how much kevin and his family mean to both myself and to heather first of all i think of a uh, brother you know that's how close we are uh, he's as much as my brother's my own brother Donnie Riz back home in uh, Chicago that's the first thing I think of poor family we got to know each other because of baseball brought us together in 1983 35 years ago he had to learn you know from the seat of his pants how to put together <laughs> the equipment and plug in all the wires his nickname wires from J. Michael Kenyon and he's done an amazing job but that's the first thing I think about is uh, not only you know the setting up the equipment, but he loves the game of baseball. He knows what a broadcast should sound like, a good broadcast. You know, working with Dave and myself for so long, and now yourself and Aaron Goldsmith, uh, I just look at him as a guy that just loves the game of baseball, and uh, if the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York, had a section for producers and engineers, Kevin Kremen would be the first one in it. That's what I think about Kevin Kremen. I love the guy. as a brother, and he's the best at what he does. World's best. Radio producer
8: Kevin Kremen.
5: They had a great relationship. They had many, many dinners together, <laughs> a lot of ribs. Kevin gave us his rib recipe, which we used all those years. They just had a lot of fun together. I think they had, they were just good friends, and you could, you could just tell.
1: Marilyn Niehaus on the special relationship between Kevin. ...and Dave Nehouse. My
2: guest is a name that you have heard in every one of our broadcasts... ...all the way back beginning in March, back in Tempe, Arizona. A new name on the Mariner broadcast. You have never heard from him, and most of you have never seen him. His name is Kevin Kremen, and Rick and I refer to him all the time... ...as our producer-engineer, and he probably is more of a producer than an engineer... ...because uh, he does so many things so well.
1: As for me, I can't thank Kevin enough for all the time he spent with me over the years... Hours and hours and hours talking broadcasting, calls, sound, mechanics, everything. No single person has helped me grow as a broadcaster more than Kevin Kremen. But my feelings about Kevin extend way beyond just a colleague. He is a wonderful man, and I am proud to call him my friend. We love you, Kev. And the good thing we know this is not goodbye there'll be lunches and dinners and get-togethers and phone calls and, of course, visits to the ballpark. So this is simply, we'll see you soon. Kevin, congratulations on retirement. So well-deserved, and thank you for the 35 years with the Seattle Mariners.
5: At the end of the season, Kevin will wrap up 35 years of bringing you baseball on the radio, a career that had a most unlikely start when as a young lad in Tulsa, Oklahoma, he got the call that would lead him to the start of a most wonderful career.
8: A lot of it was luck and a lot of just being in the right place at the right time. As you know, for years before you came aboard, we would hire someone on the road to get the pre- get the postgame guests on the field. Hand of a mic, headphones, and then they would interview them from the booth. And when the Mariners were coming to Seattle in '82, friend of mine, Grail Howlett, called. He was producing J. Michael Kenyon's show and the postgame show. And he grew up with my brother Pat, good friend, baseball guy. Calls says, hey, how would you like to come up to Kansas City? Because he knew we, we regularly went to Kansas City growing up to ball games, and do get go get the guest uh, for the. Game show, and I said that sounds great. Uh, grill, you like know, I can go on the field, clubhouse, and everything. He said, Yeah, I said, Count me in, I'm in. So they came in both trips, that was when you came to cities twice. And I got along with Dave, I knew where the rib joints were after the ball games, you know. <laughs> and he calls me at the end of the season and says, uh, Hey, how would you like a producer engineer job? And I said, Dave, that sounds great, but I don't know the first thing about it. He said, Now they'll teach you. I said, Well, if you can make it happen. I'm in. He did, and here we are.
5: (laughs) Did you stay in touch with Dave in that time, or was that a pretty random call?
8: No, it was out of the blue. Completely random call. I, you know, the first thing he says is, how's the weather? He always says that. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, it just, it just worked out, you know. I worked out great. And so then, you know, me and Rick started the same year, and me and Rick and Dave got along famously, and, you know, was like brothers or uncles or whatever, and, uh, you know, thirty-five years later, still, still at it.
5: Were there bumps in the road, or were you able to figure out the stuff pretty quick?
8: Uh, I was able to figure it out. There were, I was nervous, scared to death the first day. I mean, my hands were shaking. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know, Rick had engineered his own game for eight years in the minors. So you know, if I was a complete flop, it would have still gotten on the air. He'd, he'd have managed to do that. And uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, it was just learning as you go. It's. It gets more complicated as time goes by. In the early days, they used a little four-channel mixer, and that was that. But, you know, basically you're just micing the announcers, the crowd, you know, effects, playing tape, recording highlights, and all, all of that, and keeping track of drop-ins and what's going on in the game and, and whatever, and mainly, mainly just managing everybody in the booth. <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's a story within itself, and <laughs> yes, that it would is. take probably a year to get through. When you look back... Yeah. What was the highlight of your baseball day? What do you most enjoy about what you do every day during the baseball season? A
8: whole lot of it, really. You know, I, I like getting getting into the park before everything starts and it's quiet and it just gradually grows and grows and then they're watering the infield, <laughs> you know. And and getting the show put together and uh, in the pregame shows and then putting the magazine together and then just the game itself and, and how it unfolds and You know, you're always thinking about, you know, what's next, and, you know, you're you're thinking about whether we're going to get on a post-game show, and, you uh, you know, (laughs) it never stops. It, it, It really doesn't, and that's the one thing about retirement that I'm looking forward to is that it will stop. It won't be on your mind all the time, but, I mean, I've enjoyed it immensely, but it will be interesting to not think about it all the time <laughs>
5: <laughs> with all that said baseball is obviously played a huge part in your life how has that developed and what does that mean to you
8: well it just as a, as a kid I, you know growing up i started collecting baseball cards and looking on backs and you know reading the statistics of players and i knew everybody's height and weight when i was a youngster and uh, i learned baseball through baseball cards and we would go to Kansas City every summer go to a ball game we'd come down to Houston once the Astros were here and come come to games here as well it's why when I went to do those games in Kansas City I was ready because I had statistical knowledge trivia facts you know anymore it's on it's on your phone but it didn't used to be I used used to carry around a, a, a bookcase of encyclopedias and reference materials and, and, you know, media guides and everything, record books, because the, that just wasn't available. And so so that was part of my value to Dave, too, is, you know, he could ask a question and I'd have an answer. Usually the right one. You
5: know. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stay on your toes. Oh, yeah. And you've also got to stay on the ones and twos. What's it like when you see a place start to develop?
8: Oh, you, well... Your fingers are on the faders
5: mm-hmm.
8: most all the time. Not all the time, but especially when, you know, something's getting ready to happen because are two things you have to think about, three things. The, the crowd noise, the crack of the bat, which you want to get, and the announcer. And all of those things go up at different levels, different, you know, one goes faster than the other. Anyway, <laughs> that that's... <laughs> And you do feel satisfied when when you get that and you replay the highlight, and go, yeah, got that. Or when you replay the highlight, and go, I'm not enough crack of the bat there, you know.
5: <laughs> mm. <laughs> a little too much, Aaron. <laughs>
8: uh, yeah, right, right. <laughs> he was tough to get at first. Was he really he went from, from zero to sixty just like that.
5: <laughs> Which I can imagine your reaction when you looked down and you saw all of a sudden the red. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How do you think you'll watch baseball now? I I don't know.
8: I I think I'll listen to more baseball than than I'll watch because I want to be up and doing things and moving around and going places. And when you do that, you can take the radio with you, especially with the old MLB at app. And I always listen to a lot of baseball. And it's just, baseball's just better on the radio to me. I mean, you, you know, your mind can wander, but your mind can go get to the ballpark and you can see it and hear it and feel it. And Radio's a great, it is... It's so great for the game of baseball. It, 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 when it's radio first started, teams were reluctant to have their home games on the radio because they thought people might not come. Uh, but they find that it took them a few years. They figured that that's not uh, you know it's just going to work. You know, especially when the Dodgers go to L.A. and everybody takes the radio to the stadium to hear Vin Scully in the old days. But there's just radio and baseball go together. That's all I can. And the great announcers, like the Hall of Fame announcers, mm-hmm. they never talk about their TV work.
5: Right.
8: It's always radio announcers, and that's just the way it is.
5: And behind those cracks of the bat and the radio announcers <laughs> is the producer-engineer extraordinaire, and while baseball will go on in the radio, thankfully, you will now be on the other side
8: of it. It'll be nice. I'm looking forward to it. I really am. I I've, I've couldn't have enjoyed this job more. But you miss a lot. I've missed basically missed my kids growing up. You know, I was home in the off season, and and they made trips and this and that. But you really miss a lot, and I'm not going to miss Lillian.
5: (laughs) (laughs) You got grandpa duty now, so you are on to the next, Kevin. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. And now it's on to grandpa time. See you later.